0: And he's been running, but uh, we want him to come and preach to us tonight. We're going to help him preach on this Wednesday night. Let's help him preach. God bless him. Appreciate you, brother. God bless
1: you. How many excited to be in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night? How many can say what David said when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. But I don't have a sad song to sing. I'm glad to be in God's house. Ooh, glory to God. I think we ought to just praise him right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I want to publicly say I apologize for being so late. That indeed was not my intention And I left in enough time, and things got crazy somewhere about Laurel. I had to go through there and get some stuff done. And uh, so I apologize for being so late. I hate doing that. But um, I do feel like the Lord's laid something on my heart. And uh, I just want to preach. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I just want to preach what the Lord has laid on my heart. And uh, we're going to get through. This is. I've preached some of this. Y'all know how I am. I'll preach little pieces here and little pieces there and little. I'm. I'm. I'm sporadic. I got ADD. I guess. I just jump all over the place. But I've. I've preached pieces of this here, and uh, but tonight we're we're going to talk about some stuff, and hopefully. And I, I, I don't know. To, well, I do know. I know God told me to preach this, but. Uh, for somebody that would say, well, I don't know about all this talking in tongues business, how essential it is. We're, I'm going to show it to you, even in the Old Testament, how it was, the, it was in types and shadows of um, New Testament salvation with evidence of speaking in other tongues. And uh, we're going to begin tonight in Psalms chapter 56 and uh, verse 1. While you're turning there, let me say how honored I am to be here. I love you, Brother Moore and uh, Brother Moore has become one of my very, very dear friends that I love very much and I appreciate. I just feel like Bendale's a second home, and uh, if y'all don't like that, well, then get over it. (laughs) How about that? Hallelujah. Brother Moore loves me. You don't have to love me. How you doing? Hallelujah. Amen. So tonight I want us to look at the title if, you won't find it in, in uh, media form, but you will find it in, in written form. Uh, the Bible reads, to the chief musician upon the Jonath Elam Rakokum. Have we talked about that before? Part one, maybe? Have we talked about that? Some? Okay. We're going to talk about it tonight. Now, I know, brother, have I talked about that before? I know you know. No, i uh, The Jonath Elam Rakokum. Look at somebody and ask him, what is that? Can you say that? The Jonath Elam Rakokom. That's a big word. Uh, Mishtim of David when the Philistines took him in Gath. Now, this word, Jonath Elam Rakokom, it is a Hebrew word that was not translated into the English because it's more of a term than it is a word. And in the English, I really like the way they translated it. I don't speak fluent Spanish at all, but I get bits and pieces, and so I've been trying to read the Spanish Bible and learn it a little bit better. But uh, I really like the way that they they translated it in the Spanish Bible. And in the English, uh, or how they did translate it, they didn't translate it in the English Bible because it's a term, and the term is a dumb dove or a deaf dove in a distant land. The Spanish Bible actually translate it, uh, translates it as the song of a silent dove, the song of a silent dove. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the song of the silent dove. Hey Amen. Can you preach with me for a little while? Now, I, look, I know I look tired, but I'm not as tired as I look. I'm ready to have church. How about it? You going to help me have church tonight? Let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Give you glory. Give you honor. And there is no one else like you. You are the first. You are the last. You are the everlasting, the one who was, who is, and is to come, the Almighty. I believe you, God, that you're going to do some mighty things in this house tonight. I believe tonight that the Holy Ghost is going to flow from the front to the back and side to side. Move in this house tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said "Amen." amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Hallelujah, 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated, but don't sit down on the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, again, there's bits and pieces of this that I've preached before here, I know. Uh, But however, there's this thing about the Bible, as a matter of fact, today, uh, early this morning, I was sitting in my chair reading, and I come across, if I can find it, Brother Moore, I'm, I'm sure you'd like to see it. It's one of those things that's just mind-boggling. When you start looking at the Word of God, and, and I'm explaining why I've preached some of this, and then we'll preach some of this. Hallelujah. How you doing? <laughs> but, but there's this thing about the Word of God that's interesting because it it's, it's a, a book that is not bound by time. And so when you think of time, you think, what I'm doing right now, how many times have you said the words, if I could only go back? Anybody else? Yeah, 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 some honest people in here, the rest of y'all just kind of looking at me. Uh, if, if I could go back, I would do things differently, but that, that's what's interesting about the Bible because uh, it, it has things in the, that are prophetic of things to come, and then it has things that are affecting in the book of Revelation. You see things that are in the book of Genesis. And, there, and so as I was studying today, I came across this and I, I started narrowing them down. And I found somebody that was way smarter than me that did all the work for me. And he wrote it down in a paper. And so I was like, praise God. He's, he's exactly what I've been looking for. But there are 65,000 cross-references in the Word of God meaning that there are 65,000 places where it refers to something else that was said in Scripture. That's incredible. And so it's impossible, I said that to say, it's impossible to preach the Word of God and teach the Word of God without re-preaching and re-teaching and re-going back over some of these things because it's like a wheel and the moment you find this place in the wheel, it's not long before that place comes back around and it's in a different spot, in a different chapter, in a different verse. And so tonight we begin to study the Word of God and read the Word of God and is here in Psalms chapter 56 that we have chosen to begin as we begin to talk about the, the iglesia, which is uh, the, the tongue, the, the, the tongues that come. And, and, and as we begin to understand the way that the Spirit moves upon us, we see that David begins to write about it even way back in Psalms chapter fifty-six. Now, notice in the in the uh, in the the title of the chapter, he tells us that this is a michtam or a song, a law of David when he was took when the Philistines took him into Gath, and so we know without a doubt. Because the Bible tells us, the chapter and verse tells us that he was in Gath, in prison, when he wrote this song, And so, it makes a little sense when we begin to read the psalm now, and he says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for for many would swallow me up. He fighting me daily, oppresseth me daily. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me. How many have ever felt like that? So I ain't got no, David's having a pity party. He's sitting in jail, and he's saying, I ain't got no friends. I'm all alone. Nobody likes me. There's one of them deals where you think David's a hero, and he is, but the truth of the matter is, is David lived a life just like you did because I know you've sat down sometime and said, I ain't got no friends. Nobody likes me. Everybody's against me. Don't act like you ain't done that. And, and so David, it, it, what's interesting about this song, and I'm, I'm going to preach here in a minute. I ain't yelling yet. We're going to get there, though. And, and, and da- what's interesting about this is David is a hero in Israel. He has killed a Goli- He has killed Goliath, the giant of the Philistines, and now he is in the hands of the Philistines. But what's interesting is that he is running from his own people. Saul is trying to kill him, and so he runs to his enemies, which is messed up. David, why would you go to Gath? I can think of 100,000 places you should have went besides Gath because when you begin to study Gath, you'll find that there was approximately 10,000 Philistine soldiers there at all times. It was a military hub. Why in tarnation would you go there? I mean, they've been singing songs like, David is slain or Saul is slain his thousand David is ten thousands and they're not singing it just about anybody they're singing it about the Philistines and so now they've got him in this place of, I just again this is I, I know I talked about this a couple weeks ago when I said I'm trying to learn to read the Bible through the uh, first person point of view and and so Go with me tonight as we we read or we put ourselves in David's shoes. Don't just read the story, but get in the story. And imagine yourself running from the king of your own people that should be putting you in the streets and parading you around and talking about how good you are. And now you have to run to your enemies for help. That's messed up. He runs to his enemies and now they put him in jail and, and he begins to... Sit down and, and write a song. He writes a song to the chief musician. It's as if he's writing his last will and testament. And he is crying a little bit and complaining a little bit. Not a lot, but just a little bit. There's a lot of people that are oppressing me. There's a lot of people that are picking on me. There's a lot of people that are mad at me just because I've been anointed and I've been called by God. Can I just stop here for a moment and tell you tonight that you can gripe and complain about all the hell that you're fighting or you can realize that the reason you're fighting so much hell is because hell is afraid of you. Yeah. Yeah hell's been hearing about the victories you've been winning and they want to put you in a prison. What Don't you know that's why when they when David just walked through the gate and David said I'm here for help. They looked at David and said you must have lost your mind. We're fixing to kill you right here and now. They put him in lock and key and David could have sat around and said woe is me. I, I don't, I, Lord you're against me. God you hate me. Why did you let this happen to me? But I believe that there was something inside of David that realized that the reason I'm here uh, is because I'm a giant slayer Uh, the reason I'm going through what I'm going through uh, is because I'm anointed Uh, God's not mad at me Uh, the preacher's not mad at me Uh, the devil's mad at me Uh, but he's mad at me because I've been doing damage uh, to hell's kingdom Uh, you need to stop crying and complaining uh, about what you're going through uh, and rejoice in it and realize uh, that you're going through it uh, not because of what you've been doing wrong but because of what you've been doing right don't sit down and cry get up and shout about it don't sit down and have a pity party get up and have a praise party because you know that I'm moving in the right direction I'm reminded of an old story uh, of a preacher going on to be with the Lord Brother Donald Jones was my pastor when I was a kid. He used to tell a story about his daddy. His daddy pastored the church before he did. And he told the story 100,000 times as I was a little kid growing up in church about this woman that came in and, and wanted to counsel with the pastor, his father. And she said, preacher, she said, Brother Jones, the devil's been fighting me all week. And he got up and ran the aisles. They're sitting in the front of the church. And she said, what is wrong with you? She said, I just told you the devil's been fighting me. He got down on the floor and rolled in the floor. She said, what are you doing? He said, I'm just thanking God he ain't got you because if he's fighting you, that means you, you haven't lost the battle yet. Well, help me, Jesus, I feel like preaching right now and telling somebody it's time for you to get off your pew and stop mully-grubbing and wanting to have another counseling session and trying to figure out, no, it's not what you're doing wrong. You're still here. You're still in the fight. You're still anointed. You're still called. Don't stop praising. Keep on praising because you're still here. Well, I'm in prison, you might be in prison, but you're still alive. I'm fighting hell. You might be fighting hell, but you're still alive. My family's going crazy, yeah, but they're still alive, and there's still hope, and there's still life, and God can still work. And so here David sits down, and he begins to write a song that is so important that he puts a Hebrew word that, again, this word is not translated either. It's a mistum, and, and, and the word mishtim means, is simply, it's the, same, it's the same implication that, that Job would write. It, it means that it's the, the scripture he literally uses, that Job literally uses when he says, oh, that my words would be written down with an iron pen and stone. And so this, this word misdom is meant to grab your attention and say this is important. Don't put this on a piece of paper. Put it in stone. Don't ever forget it. This is powerful, David is telling us, because he thinks he's about to lose his life. And so he's trying to impart a little bit of wisdom from the warrior side of him. And he, he begins to tell us about a song. He writes a song, and we're going to talk some about the song. But he tells us the subject matter for this service, and and it's it's a word that's only used one time in your Bible. The the Elam or kokum the silent song, the song of the silent dove in the strange land, and. And so what we understand about this song is this song is a familiar song to people in Israel. The Jonath Elam Kokum is not just a term, but it was a song that was sang in the, in, in the people. Or with the people, it, it it was like "Amazing Grace," how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. When you sung the "Jonath Elam Rokum," everybody knew what it was. Everybody knew the song. Everybody knew what you were going to begin to sing. And so, as they began, or as David sits down and he he writes to the musician, and he says, "Sing this song to the tune of a of a dumb dove in a distant land," or the the song of a silent dove in a strange land. He says this song is to be put in the same key and it's to have the same rhythm and it's to have the same flow with it and it's poetic and it's prophetic and so I want you to sing the song with the same power that you sing the dumb dove in a distant land and David is letting them know don't just sing this any old way but what we can find about uh, what we can find about the song of the dove about the song of this 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 silent, bottled up dove in captivity is what, what little bit, again, that we know about it. It is a song about a bird that is captured. And he is sitting on the money changer's table, and he is bound and cannot sing, and so hence the title, the song of a strange, uh, of a silent dove in a strange land, and and so he is he's boxed up and he is crammed into a crate. And it again, it's it's poetry, but it, yet it's so powerful because it's Old Testament and it's New Testament combined, all in one place, and so this song is talking about this dove that is one day purchased and when it is purchased it's not put in, into a fire pit and ate for supper praise God but what's so powerful about this song brother Ford is, is that this dove in the song and now you gotta go and you gotta get somebody that understands how to read fluent Hebrew to translate this song for you because the only place I could find it was in Hebrew and I can't read Hebrew fluently I, I can get a letter here and I know what A looks like and B And I sound like a kid trying to read it. But I do have friends that are way smarter than me. and So I got them to translate it for me. And what I found is that this song is a song about a dove that is purchased. And when it is purchased, it is not eaten, it is not thrown away, it's not broken. But it is released into the field. And that dove can sing its song again. And so everyone in the country knew that the song of the strange, uh, of the silent dove in a strange land is the song of deliverance for God's people. Some say it is a hymn that was sang when they left the land of Egypt. Some say it is a hymn that was sang when they crossed over the Red Sea. There are some theologians that even suggest it is the song that Miriam would sing as she begins to sing her own customary songs with a timbrel and with a dance and so David begins to write a song about deliverance. Understand where David is. David is in a prison cell. David's in a bad place. I'm sure he can hear from beyond the sides of the wall as the Philistine sergeants and generals are talking about how to kill him. Can we stone him? Can we hang him? Can we pierce him with knives? Can we pierce him with arrows? What about if we just stand him up and everybody shoots him all at one time? And I I know that David David is nervous because he understands this could be it. But David begins to write a song, and it's not a song of depression. It's a song It's a song of praise. It's a song of worship. It's a song of shouting and rejoicing and dancing and giving God praise because he begins to write the song of the dove. David is correlating himself, and we're going to get to how this, if this all implies in the New Testament here in a moment. But he, he, he's writing a song of deliverance. He's writing a song of the goodness of God, and he's setting in a prison cell. Missed it right there. Some of you missed it. No, no, no. I'm going to back up just a little bit. and I'm going to say that again. He's in a prison cell, and he's writing songs of praise. I don't understand how you can do that. You must not have the same Holy Ghost I got. I, 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 don't, I don't understand how you can come to church on Wednesday night and everything's wrong, but yet you've still got a reason to dance and you've still got a reason to shout and you've still got a reason to run the out. But you you must not have the same Holy Ghost I got because the Holy Ghost I got, it gives me praise on the inside of me that is not depicted by what's going on on the outside of me. It gives me a reason to rejoice about because of what's in me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I've got a reason because I've got a hope. Uh, that is a hope of glory. Uh, It's a hope of one day uh, I'm going to leave this world behind uh, and I'm not going to have any problems. uh, I'm not going to have any trials. uh, I'm not going to have any tests uh, but we're going to be dancing and shouting and singing uh, around the throne. Uh, uh, I know everything might not look good but that don't mean it ain't good. Uh, You need to learn how to give him praise uh, off of what you know and not off of what you feel. One of the greatest deceptions in the Bible it happens because one man goes with what he hears. Somebody will lie to you and tell you things that aren't, aren't the truth. The devil will lie to you and tell you, hey, you, you're not going to make it. The devil will lie to you and tell you, you're no good. You don't have any power. You're going to fail God. You're gonna backslide. Why are you even going to church? You know, you know, you're not gonna make it another six months. The devil will tell you all of this stuff. And what messes us up is a lot of times uh, we we get we get messed up and we start listening to the lying voices uh, of the enemy uh, right. and we'll go in how we feel. Jacob looks or Jacob's laying on his deathbed. Or, sorry, not Jacob. Isaac's laying on his deathbed, and Jacob's there, and he's trying to, he's trying to change him to, to give him the blessing. And he says, you know what? You sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. And so he is deceived because he goes with what he feels rather than what he hears. Because you can feel like you're about to give up, and you can feel like you're no good, and you can... Oh, come on, help me, somebody. But there's a voice that's saying... You're more than a conqueror. There's a voice that says you can do all things through Christ. There's a voice that says if you'll praise him in the prison cell. Why, why do you think that man gets red-faced uh, in this pulpit Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? He's trying to tell you you can make it so that you don't give in to what you feel because you may feel anemic, uh, and you may feel like you can't make it, uh, but if you can hear the word of don't listen to the lying voices uh, of the enemy that wants you to feel intimidated, uh, Listen to the voice of God coming through the man of God. Uh, You want to know why he can preach what he preaches? Uh, Because, like David, he's been in the prison cell and he learned how to praise his way out. And you want to know why I'm preaching what I'm preaching? Uh, Because I've been in the prison cell uh, and I learned how to praise my way out. yes you can make it yes you can praise your way through yes you can praise your way out just get up and write your song a song of deliverance now, how do you know David was praising while he was in prison so easy because 1 Samuel tells us 1 Samuel chapter 21 tells us the story of what happens when David is in Gath the Bible tells us that he began to act like a madman. And he, he gets to the point to where he, he lets spittle run down on his beard. The Bible says he changed his behavior before them. There's something interesting here though when you read the word of God and you read that David feigns himself as a madman. Now, what you have to understand is you got to go to the original language and you got to read it and understand it from the Hebrew point of view because this is the only word or the only time in your Bible that the word mad is used in this context. He feigned himself mad. Well, what does the original text say? The original text says he feigned himself halal. Does halal sound familiar to anybody? It's kind of the first part of a word you use just about every service in Hebrew form, but it's halal. It's alright, he's shouting too. Some of y'all are looking at him. He's just he's he's preaching with me. But halal is the Hebrew way of saying Hallelujah. And so when David feigned himself, go look it up in your Bible. You can go get a Strong's concordance. It's in there. When you look it up, it's one of the Hebrew it's one of the seven Hebrew words of praise. It literally reads that David feigned himself as a worshiper. Say, well, why did they think he was crazy? Because he was in the middle of a bunch of Philistines, and Philistines don't understand what worship is. And so David got in front of the king, and he's looking at him, scratching his head, says he's lost his mind. But what happened is David is literally having church in front of the king. And the Bible says he feigned himself halal. He feigned himself hallelujah. He feigned himself as a worshiper. He stopped acting dignified and started acting like if I'm going out, I'm I'm before the king, and I could lose my life. But if I'm going to lose my life, I'm going to lose my life praising. If I'm going to lose my life, I'm going to lose it running the aisles. I'm going to lose it leaping for joy. If I've got to lose my life, I'm going to lose it while I'm dancing. Devil, if you take me out, just know the last words on my lips will be hallelujah. The
2: Lord giveth, and the lord take it away Uh, blessed uh, be the name uh, of the lord Uh, you
1: can put me in front of the philistines uh, but that ain't gonna stop me from praising Uh, you want to know how i know real pentecostal people because it don't matter if there's visitors there or not they're still crazy Uh, it don't matter if the governor shows up Uh, i still got a reason uh, to rejoice David, David fames himself, man. He starts shouting. Now, you, you, you read Psalms 56 in the beginning, and he's crying. He's complaining because everything ain't good. There, there, I got a lot of enemies, God. But you keep on reading down. You get down to verse 10. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost. In God have I put my trust. Listen to this. Get this. I will not be afraid of what man can do unto me. He's standing in front of a king. that All he's got to do is snap his fingers and David's head will be cut off. And he's writing a song. Now you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 21. And the Bible says that he scribbled on the gates. This is what's interesting to me. This is another one of them smart aleck moments. There are theologians that say that the portion or or, or what David is writing on the gates of the Philistine city of Gath is literally this portion of of Psalms chapter 56. David has shouted, David has danced, and now he sees it's working. He knows 10 seconds ago I should have been dead and God kept me alive this long. I'm going to keep on praising. He sees it's working. So he finds him a piece of chalk. And he walks up to the gates of the city and that's what he starts writing. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. And God if I put, what? what's he writing over there? He's writing something in Hebrew. I, I I don't quite understand it. The Philistines are looking at it and trying to cipher it out. And he says, thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. He said, I got promises on my life, God. And these Philistines can't kill me because I've got an anointing on my life. You sent the prophet to anoint me as king and I ain't king yet. You sent the prophet and he told me that I was going to sit on the throne and I ain't been on the throne yet. So he picks up a pen. Oh, there it is. I've been looking for that all night. He picks up a pen and he goes to the he goes to the gate and he lets them know, devil, you can't kill me because God's got a promise that's on my life. Dear hell, it I I just want you to know I'm not going to stop praising just because you put me in the prison cell. I I just want you to know I'm going to give him all the more. I'm going to praise him all
2: the more.
1: How could David shout in an unfamiliar place? I'll tell you how. Just because it was unfamiliar to David. David had a revelation. This might be unfamiliar to me, but this ain't unfamiliar to God. God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now? This might be uncomfortable to me, but this ain't uncomfortable with God. This might have caught me by surprise, but this didn't catch God by surprise. This might have me in a corner, but it ain't got my God in a corner because my God is big. My God is strong. My God is able.
2: My oh, oh, He can deliver. He can bring you out.
1: so David writes this song. He is writing, telling us that there is a reason to dance. And sh- I don't have time to preach all this, God. I wish I had time to preach all these notes I got right here. I'm just trying to pick up where I want to. Lord, help me. There's so many rabbits up here. They, David would go on to write songs. Now, this is a familiar song to Israel. This, this ain't nothing new. They've been singing this song a long time that when they hit the right key, they put them in A flat and they know it's time to have church. They they, they know it's time. When you hear the Jonathanah McCokum being sung, you know it's time to bring out the tambourines. And David... Oh, God, help me, Jesus. David is standing there surrounded by his, ter- by, by his enemies. And he doesn't, God, he doesn't cry. He doesn't complain. He starts singing songs. He starts thinking about every victory that God's ever given. I don't know it for a fact, but something in me just thinks that while he's standing there writing on the gates feeling all bad, like, you know what, devil, you can't kill me. Sometimes you just need to get like that. Sometimes, you know what? It wouldn't hurt a little bit to talk a little bit of smack to the devil. You're defeated. You were defeated at Calvary. You're defeated today. The blood of Jesus is against you. You're not going to have victory in my life. You're not going to have victory in my home. You can't kill me. You can't kill my family. i got promises. And the promises of God are yea and amen. So David goes on. And David, David would, would later write songs. Familiar songs, songs that they would sing every day. They were hymnals. These were the songs. i I've, again. This is some of this stuff I've preached a little bit of this here. These were the songs of ascension. They had to sing them every day. It was the law. You sang them every day. You'd go up a step and you'd sing them. And David, David realludes to this song, this familiar song of deliverance, in Psalms chapter one hundred and twenty-four. As the people began to sing, David would began to teach them that there is a proper way that you should sing this. It is a song of degrees of David. Psalms 124, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say. He goes on and he talks about water that had overwhelmed us, the stream that had gone over our soul. The proud waters had gone over our soul. Notice what he's alluding to. He's talking about Israel coming through the Red Sea. He's talking about Israel coming through Jordan River. It's, a, it's all types and shadows. And we're going to come back to some of this. And he gets down into verse seven, and, and, and he's realluding again to the song of a dumb dove in a distant land, when he says, "Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken." And we are escaped. David is saying, you know what? This is just one more time. I'm going to go back and I'm going to sing the songs of Zion again. He's telling the story of how Israel made it through the water. They, they, they were left on their own and they, they are nothing against the tyranny of the flood. They're nothing against the tyranny of Pharaoh. They're nothing against this, this massive army but God delivered them and so he says this, this is the Jonah Elam Rakokum being saying again in different portions of scripture when he says the snare is broken and we are escaped. He's literally saying God's people are like the bird that have been in bondage but the snare has been broken. The the, the trap has been broken. And we are escaped. Can I tell you tonight uh, that through the blood of Jesus uh, and the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, that the snare has been broken. uh, And you don't have to live in bondage. uh, And you don't have to live in fear. uh, And you don't don't you listen to that lying devil telling you your marriage is going to fall apart. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. So I, I'm going to try to hurry as quickly as I can. And So they, they, they begin to sing. They, they, there's this thing about Scripture. It's repetitive because God wants you to get it. There, again, there's 65,000 cross-references and only 66 books. 65,000 cross references. That just blows my mind. That makes me want to shout. Woo! Hallelujah. I feel better now. But, but it's being alluded to again. There's this thing in Scripture where God, is all, God notices who the worshipers are. So I don't know if I believe that. Well, let me give you the Bible for it. When the Bible says that Ammon and Moab, the children of Ammon and Moab, have came out against Israel or come out against Judah, rather. This is at the portion of of Scripture where Judah and Israel have been divided, and now Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And the Bible says that they are surrounded by Moab and Mount Seir. And And, and when when they are surrounded at this place, uh, the Bible says that there's a young man in the congregation, that the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And he prophesies, and when he prophesies, understand, we're, we're, we're still talking about speaking in tongues. We're just talking about it in types and shadows. We're going to tie it all together, put a little red bow on it so you can put it under your Christmas tree. It'll be nice and neat when you get done. But that, that he, he's talking about speaking in tongues. You, you can't see it unless you see it. Does that make sense? Can't see it unless you're looking for it. And so there, there, here it is. It's, it's being woven in Scripture, the Spirit of the Lord. What's the Spirit of the Lord? It's the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord moves upon a young man in the congregation. He begins to prophesy. And what does he say? He tells Jehoshaphat to appoint praisers, worshipers. Now you think for one minute, now they're in a battle. And God says, you put the praisers out front. You think he's going to get the guy? Now We're talking about victory We're talking about having deliverance We're talking about living This is a life and death situation here This this ain't good You think for one minute That Jehoshaphat found somebody That ain't worshipped in six months To put out front to worship I just hurt somebody's feelings I felt it You, you, You think for one minute That Jehoshaphat he just got a word from God from a young prophet that said, You put the praisers out front. You think for one minute he said, Yeah, you ain't shouted in three months. Let's put you up there. No! He was looking for somebody that was leading service on Sunday morning and came to church with a reason to shout and a reason to dance. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm about to I'm I'm about to mess everything up right now. But let me just tell you something. Don't don't get upset when Brother Moore uses somebody and he uses them again and again and again. Maybe he's just noticed that every time they get ready, that it's time to praise that they're out in front. And, and and maybe just maybe there there's victory that's dependent on what how we respond to what's going to happen right now. And so he says, "You want to know? Some, I want somebody that I know I can trust. Uh, I, I I want somebody." And what do they do? What do they get up and what do they sing? They don't write some new song that's hip and on the moment. And I know that the Bible says, "Sing unto the Lord a new song." But you got to understand, put it in context. David wrote, "Sing unto the Lord a new song" after he got in j- out of jail. You know what he did while he was in jail he'd sung him a familiar song he sung him a song he knew worked and so when Jehoshaphat is standing at Mount Seir the Bible says he tells the people of God oh magnify or no he tells them he says praise ye the Lord for his mercy endureth forever do you realize how many times that that wording is used in the scriptures this isn't a new song they didn't just come up with that in the last minute they're in a battle. And Jehoshaphat says, I know one song that works. Praise you, the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Praise you, the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. You just get to talking about how good God is uh, and about how his mercy is, and God just has to come down. He says, you you, you sing the songs that push the right buttons. Can, can, can I preach from a carnal aspect and then preach spiritual again? Y'all know, and I do too, there are certain songs we sing, we wait to the second verse till we shout. I ain't moving. My sister's over here beating this keyboard to death, trying to get you to move, but you ain't moving to the second verse. When they sing the bridge seven times, then I'll get out and run the aisles. I love y'all. I hope you know that. But you know it's the truth anyhow. When the bridge when they finally get it right and the drummer's hitting them them cymbals as loud as he can, we got bongos, we got piano, somebody finally gets loose in the hole, then we can shout. Sometimes when you're in a battle, you don't have time to get to the bridge. You got to learn how to praise him when it's just you all by yourself and you don't have the band and you don't have the bridge. All you got is praise you the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. I ain't got time to sing the whole song. I just got to get to the good part and start talking about how big God is and how powerful God is because I know if I do that, he'll deliver me. How do you know? Because he did it before and if he did it before, he can do it again. If he oh. If he brought me out, he can do it again. That's why I'm singing the song. That's why I'm dancing. That's why I'm shouting. I'm singing a song of deliverance. That's why David can write, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, but the Lord, but The Lord delivereth him out of them all. David, how do you know? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Great is the Lord and his (laughs) habits. How about this one? The angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear him. That's all we quote of it. But there's more to that scripture, brother Ford. And delivereth them. Well, I don't know about all this singing stuff. Well, you must not know about all that Bible stuff either. Because he says that there's angels of the Lord that are encamped about the people of God. And they're just waiting to deliver somebody that lifts up their hands and begins to sing. Great is the Lord, for his mercy endureth. Forever. This is a generational thing. Because I want you to remember this storyline. Oh, God, help me. I want to preach this. Can I have a few more minutes? I know know the Holy Ghost is moving, but can I have a few more minutes? It's a generational thing because David is a songwriter, but he passes it on to his children. He has a son. His name is Solomon. And there's actually a book in your Bible, believe it or not, called the Song of Solomon. He's such a good songwriter. He's the only guy that gets his own song. Now, we know David gets a book, but it's the book of Psalms, and he's not the only guy that writes in it. Solomon gets his own book to write about his own song, and the storyline, it, it blows my mind how good it matches up. He, he's in love with this Shulamite woman. Understand, this Shulamite woman I don't have time to preach this whole story, so just, just, just let me give you the high parts here right now. She's, she's so poor that she's never owned a pair of shoes because he tells her how, how, how precious are their feet or how beautiful are their feet with shoes. She's never owned a pair of shoes. She's a farm girl. She's lived her whole life in the fields doing the work of a slave for her brethren. Bible tells us that 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 there is something. She has an inferiority complex because he, he begins to praise her for her beauty and understand this is this is old testament traditions and all of these things and 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 in old testament traditions the women when they went before the king they had to spend you read it in Esther six months in bitter uh, smells and six months in sweets and the whole point of that is to keep them out of the sun and to purify their skin so when they appear before the king that their their skin is is very pale and so she responds when. He he tells her how beautiful she is. He, she has an inferiority complex and she says, I am black. I am comely. She says, I ain't like all the other queens you got hanging out around the palace, dude. I don't look like them. Ooh, God, I could preach that a minute. I think I will for a minute well i I don't understand all these rules and regulations and I don't get why we got to do this and why we got to do. That. Have you ever thought that maybe it's because you're the bride and 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 when you start looking at at this Shulamite woman, you understand there's something about her that's different because he has seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines or three hundred wives and seven hundred- I always get it backwards I can't remember which one's which and 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 he is singing a song about her there's something about she don't look like all the other women, but he still sings a song about her. Go put that in your pipe and smoke it. Well, I don't, I don't get why y'all got to do all that. We didn't got to do nothing. We just understand we're the bride, and the bride looks different than everybody else. I, I'll let you fill in the blanks, but there, there, there's this thing that's happening here. I, I put, again, let, let's go to this first-person point of view. This, this song of... Now remember... The song of the dumb dove in the distant land or the, the, the song of the, the silent dove in the strange land, however you want to write it. It's, it's a song about a dove that is living in captivity. This Shulamite girl is doing the job of a slave for her own brothers. She tells us that. Go read it. It's in your Bible. She's doing the job of a slave. She's in captivity. And, and this, this dove is purchased by someone Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And this woman, that literally—go read it. She lives under an apple tree. She don't even have a house. And put yourself in her shoes for a moment because Solomon and his men, he's got an entourage that goes with him everywhere that they go. Solomon is so rich. You go do the study for yourself. When they go riding through the country, they take gold dust and sprinkle it in their hair and in the hair of their horses and just, just picture yourself as a little poor farm girl and you're sitting there, you've never owned a pair of shoes, you've never even seen gold. And all of a sudden you look out over the horizon and the sun is shining down and there's someone coming in a chariot and the chariot's made out of gold and he's got gold in his hair and gold in his horse's hair and he's got 10 of the best looking guys around and they've got, and they've got gold in their hair and they've got gold in their horse's hair. Can you imagine what she felt like? Looking up from the bottom of an apple tree poor as dirt seeing a man with gold in his hair, and he climbs down off his chariot and looks at her and says, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Me? He has to convince her. It's that that's Song of Solomon chapter one is one big girl. You just don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole chapter. He's trying to tell her. You don't know how pretty you are. I mean, he does it different ways than we would because he tells her, Your eyes are like the eyes of a dove, and you got hair like a flock of goats. It's in there, go read it. Worst pickup line ever. But that's what he said, and it worked. I mean, hey, maybe some of y'all single guys out there, you know what I'm saying? Young men. Go to a youth rally. Tell her her hair looks like goat's hair. She might like it. (laughs) Help us, Jesus. We done got off in a hole now. We're going to have to climb out of this one. But finally convinces her. Now understand, she has to be purchased. Because not only is she she a, a, a young girl that understanding the cultural points of this time that in order to marry a young woman like this you have to have a dowry you have to pay for her and that was the that was the thing about poor girls in that day and time they usually never got married because in order to get out of poverty their parents would set their dowry so high and it was it was against the law for them to run off and get married and if they did that they could get stoned and so this, this man that ain't never had five dollars to his name has a pretty daughter. And he says, I'll sell her for a million. And she never gets married because in the poor community, nobody has a million dollars. And so she's longing for love. She's longing for someone. I know it's poetic and it's prophetic, but it's all in your Bible. Go home tonight and read it for yourself. She's longing for someone to love her. She's longing for someone to care about her. She's longing for all of this. But at the same time, she's thinking, this is too good to be true. But there, there there's this, let, let me read it to you. you. You get down into Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Now, now, she is singing here, the bride, this undeserving Shulamite. She says these words, my beloved, the king, Solomon, is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing him sell through the lattice. She's caught a glimpse of the one that would pay the dowry to purchase her from her hard labor in her brother's vineyard. And then he says this, my beloved, the Shulamite, this woman, this beautiful woman, that my beloved spake and said unto me, rise up, this is the words of the man, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, and the time Get this, the time of the singing birds is come. It's generational. David wrote songs of, 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 of animals, of, of these birds that are singing songs. And I wonder if what it, what's happening here is it's it's you you know you sing your kids the same songs that your mom and daddy sing to you. you that that's what you do when kids are fussy and I can see Solomon he's got an upset stomach and David gets up in the middle of the night because Bathsheba's just she's about to pull her hair out and David gets him and says hey, you know let's go for a walk bud and he's bouncing him but nothing's working and, and and so what he does what you do he begins to sing to him I wonder if he didn't sing him these songs the songs of deliverance the songs of the Jonathan Elim or Kokom because we see it here in in, in the Song of Solomon we see it as, as he begins to write and um, this, is the, this is the interesting part to me the time of the singing birds has come and the voice of the turtle now, you know when I know turtles don't talk <laughs> the voice of the turtle is heard in our land a simple google search when you, you go home to, don't do it now go home tonight and google Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 12 and it will literally tell you that what he's saying is the voice of the turtle dove is heard again. In our land. What's happening here? It's the song of the silent dove in the strange land being played out all over again. It's poetic and, and, and it's a literal story that's happening but it, it's reminding Solomon of the story that he heard his daddy sing the whole time he was a little boy. He's hearing these songs of deliverance of how this bird was purchased and now he's watching and understand the purpose of Song of Solomon is to correlate the church and God to this man and his bride. The church being us, the church being the bride and and the man being God and what's happening here is the man, the, the king the one that has all power and is all ruling is purchasing this one that is in bondage and in captivity and saying now you have a song to sing so the voice of the turtle dove is heard again in our land. The king purchased her and the king says now you can sing the songs of Zion. Can I tell somebody tonight on this Wednesday night that you have been bought, you have been purchased with the price of blood that was shed on Calvary and now you have a reason to sing the songs of deliverance. So how does that apply to speaking in tongues? Very simply, we see it in Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel. What did he say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Understand that this dove has been wandering around for years. Noah releases this dove into into this this sinless world because now God has pushed the reset button. Can I jump around for a minute and we just kind of flow through this as quickly as possible and just try to get it all together before y'all get too hungry and start walking out on me. I know y'all hungry. I am too. But Noah releases this dove into the wild. This dove flies around and we see glimpses of him. We see him when when, uh, Jesus comes and he's baptized. And the Bible says that John looked up and seen the spirit like as a come down upon him. This dove comes down. It's been silent for 2,000 years. But you got to understand the law. Go back to Leviticus chapter 13. And he says if someone has leprosy. Someone is unclean. Someone is in bondage. Someone that cannot live a life. He says when they are made clean, this is what you've got to do. Once you've been released from, from leprosy and you've been healed, you've got to bring two doves to the altar. And you take those two doves, one of them is to be slain, and the blood of that, that dove I feel the Holy Ghost because there's so much Jesus in this. If you can't see Jesus in this, you are blind as a bat because one dove is to be is to be slain. His head's got to be cut off. And you're going to take that dove and you're going to wash him in water. And you're going to sprinkle him with the blood of the you're going to take this live dove and you're going to sprinkle him with the blood of the dead dove. And then you're going to cover him in water what comes from Jesus' side. At, when, the, when the Roman centurion comes to him, he pierces his side. Out comes blood and water and so now we see the spirit has been caught out of the Holy Ghost the spirit has made a way the spirit has purchased redemption and now we understand that this spirit is the dove and we see the spirit coming back in Acts chapter 2, this is where the tongues come in, in Acts chapter 2 the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord, Jesus told him go tarry into Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high how are we going to know what it is? its is? I'm going to say in my spirit uh, in my name and when you get that spirit uh, you're going to have power and and you're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem it's the song you want to know what the song of the dumb dove in the distant land is it's a soul that's been bound in sin bound in leprosy but they've been washed with the blood of the dove the dead dove and now they've been released to sing you know what the song is it's speaking in other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance it's a song that the angels can't understand it's a song that the angels can't sing it's been reserved for you so when you come to church and you can't carry a tune in a bucket but you pray in the Holy Ghost you're singing the song of the dove in the distant land You're singing the song of a... When you you come to church and you clap off beat and they won't let you in the music program. Let me tell you something. Not everybody's meant for the music program, thank God. Don't get your feelings hurt. They won't let you in the music program. That don't mean you can't sing a song. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are literally praying and singing the Jonathan Elam or Kokum. You are literally singing the songs of Zion. Well, I don't understand what I'm saying. No, but the Spirit maketh intercession for itself with moanings and groanings that cannot be discerned. The what? The Spirit. The dove. Here it comes. Now we see it in Romans. We'll find it in Revelation. Okay, here it is. I John was in the on the Lord's day. How did he get in the Spirit? Well, let me just tell you how John got in the spirit. John did the same thing you do. John prayed the way he was taught to pray. You know you, you know you pray like your mama or your grandma or whoever it is that you was around when they was praying. They said, Jesus, geez, Jesus, geez, 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 geez." So you say, "Geez, Jeez, jeez, jeez." I said, I just it goes. I'm telling you I can walk into a room where my mama, my grandma and my sister are praying, and I can't tell one from another. They talk in tongues alike. They do that old-fashioned, woo, all alike. So what does John do? John prays the way he was taught to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven. Jesus taught him how to pray. My God, if you can't pray after Jesus taught you to pray, y'all better get up here and help me. I'll preach all night the way I feel right now. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy name. King, he, I'm, I know I'm skipping a lot because I'm trying to get this all crammed down in just a few minutes. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what he's saying? Let heavenly things come to earth. What do you think the Holy Ghost is? Heavenly things that have come to earth. What do you think the spirit of the living God is? What do you think Jesus was? Heavenly things that come down to earth. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Don't you ever underestimate the power of praying in the Holy Ghost. It's the... It, well... I don't think that speaking in tongues business is in the Old Testament. It's just a New Testament thing. And, and, and we've got to live by the Old and the New Testament. If you haven't got the revelation after all I've been preaching by now, then honey, please buy the CD and listen to it because I can't preach it again. I ain't got enough breath. But let me just tell you something. It's there. Yeah. David sings it. And he doesn't just sing it when everything's going good. David sings the Jonathan and from prison. Say, when do I need to pray in the Holy Ghost? If you're, everything's good, pray in the Holy Ghost. If everything's bad, pray in the Holy Ghost. If it's I uh, in between, pray in the Holy Ghost. If it's a good day, pray in the Holy Ghost. If, if your boss cussed you out, pray in the Holy Ghost. Every day is an opportunity to follow the dove as the dove leads you into the Spirit. That's why our churches. Is- Apostolic churches cannot ever afford, I don't care if you're a new convert and you've been in church for three minutes or if you're an elderly saint that's been in church for a hundred years, you cannot afford to let one service go by that somebody don't pray in the Holy Ghost. i want to know why? Because the Shulamites out there and they need to realize that there's a way to be purchased into this. It's, it, it's a They don't understand what I'm saying. No, they don't. The Philistines heard the song, the Jonathan Elmer Kokum, and they called him mad. They called him crazy. The King said, what what, what do I have of a madman? David said, you just don't know how mad I am. I'm just a worshiper. I'm I'm just singing the songs. I'm just walking in the spirit. Can I tell you something? You're not strong enough to overcome the stuff that's going to come against you without the spirit. Let, let, Let me tell you, I don't. Again, I don't care if you've been in church three minutes or 300 years. You ain't strong enough. You ain't gave enough money in the offering. You ain't had enough perfect years of attendance where you didn't miss a service. None of that counts. Because when it comes down to you and the adversary, he's stronger. He, I hate to tell you, but he's smarter. That, that, that one old preacher said, he's a pretty good devil. He's been doing it a long time. He knows exactly what it takes. He don't have to know you to know what it's going to take to make you mess up because he knows flesh and on your own you can't overcome it, but in the Spirit. That's why James would teach us building up yourself, praying in the Holy Ghost. Build up your most holy faith. You want to get stronger than the devil? Pray in the Holy Ghost. You want to overcome evil? Pray in the Holy Ghost. You want to get delivered from drugs and alcohol? Pray in the Holy Ghost. You want your family to get delivered from drugs and alcohol? I know it's getting redundant, but it's still the same thing. I'm telling you that if you can ever figure this stuff out right here, if I'll just, everything that comes my way, I'll get in the church and I'll pray till I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. There won't ever be a problem that I'll have to come to the pastor and say, I don't know what to do anymore, because eventually, if I keep praying, I'll pray it through. Eventually, if I keep praising, I'll praise it through. If I keep worshiping, I'll worship uh, my way through. I dare somebody tonight to lift your hands and lift your voice and just sing the song. Of the Jonath Elam or Kokum, sing the song of a dumb dove in a distant land. Why don't you step out in the aisle from your pew where you're at and just sing your song? Pray to your praying in the Holy Ghost, praise to your praise and in the Holy Ghost, worship to your worship in the Holy Ghost. Come on, singers, lead us in. Somebody give God praise, don't just do it in your flesh, do it in the spirit. Come on, go, 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 go! I know you got problems. I know you got stuff going on in your world. But praise your way in, worship your way in, pray your way
2: in. I will sing unto the Lord. Oh, He is to be Lord, is worthy. I will sing unto the Lord. And- And victorious and mighty You are on the back And the numbers I can't I come to bless His name Bless His name Bless His name (laughs) (laughs) Woo Bless Bless His bless Bless His name Bless His name
1: Come on, you ought to get loose in the Holy Ghost right now. Go ahead and throw your hands up and get loose in the Holy Ghost.
2: Bless the name, bless the name. Come on, bless him, bless him, bless him, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Oh, his name, his name. Everybody come name. Let everybody come. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, you are holy. Right, you are righteous. You are magnificent, victorious, and mighty. You are omnipotent. Bless his name, bless his name, let everybody come in, bless his name, bless his name. I will sing unto the Lord For he is worthy to be praised So I will sing unto the Lord And bless his holy name I will sing unto the Lord For he is worthy to be praised I will sing unto the Lord and bless His holy name Somebody shout Jesus! Somebody shout Jesus! Somebody shout Jesus! The delivery power in the name of Jesus
0: You got a little idea how those prisoners felt that night at midnight? Paul and began to pray and began to sing psalms, and those prison doors opened up, but nobody was interested in leaving. The presence and the power that they was involved in. We don't know how long some of them had been in that prison. And maybe it longed to be set free. But now, amen, there was a different type of liberty and a different type of freedom. What about it tonight? Hallelujah. From out of your prison, I'm going to speak in that heavenly language. Under the option the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to find that deliverance. Oh, Brother Phillips, man, I'm telling you what you have preached. You can be late next time, brother. I'm just kidding we don't make a practice of that amen but being late didn't didn't, didn't stop god stop the anointing of god and the power of the word of god amen hallelujah i enjoy speaking in tongues folks we're not ashamed to speak in tongues we're not looking for some phony and we're not something just man-made either we want it from god because when you get it from god honey you don't have near the problem out of the world out of the devil or nobody else I know you've heard enough preaching tonight. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Thank you for your response. Your faithfulness, commitment, being here. God bless you. We appreciate you tonight. Let's pray for a good evangelist. Amen. Let's keep all of them. Amen. Continue to pray for those in Florida, not just for tonight, but throughout the next few weeks. Let's keep them in our prayers and God would be with them and keep them in our community. Come on, folks, let's pray for our community, loved ones and friends that's here. Man, the power of God, the loosing power of the Holy Ghost saturating our lives and touching us and doing the work for us. Amen. God's doing it, folks. God's doing it. Amen. I got one more request. I need y'all to pray for Sister Moore. She's actually miserable up there. She's still battling. So if you would, you keep her in your prayers this week, okay? God bless you. Love and appreciate you. God bless you.